Landscape versus wildlife photography. This is the Wildlife Podcast. Hey everybody, my name is Jerry, I'm from WildEye, and I'm back in the office. It's been a busy time for everybody here at the office. Uh, currently, just myself and Johan, all the other guys are out in the field, and it's been a great few months, it really has. My last trip was to Kenya, where I hosted one of our last great migration safaris. The camp is still going, the guys are running the Masamara Experience Safaris, I am then looking forward to, I think about three weeks from now, I'm off to the Timbavati for a short private guided trip. And then at the beginning of December, I leave South Africa on the 1st, I fly to Chicago for three nights. I am presenting on the 4th of December at the Chicago Photo School. And that's kind of where I'm going to go with this talk, this podcast, see where my mind is presenting. And straight from Chicago, I'm heading on to Iceland, to Reykjavik, where I'm going to be hosting a winter landscape tour, photography, and then back to South Africa. That's my last trip for the year. And then next year, early in the year, so end of Feb, uh, I'm planning and I'm, I'm waiting for the final deal to put this together, but to do a landscape photography tour in Utah. So in the desert, in the winter. And then on the back of that, also at the end of October, next year, second half October, to do another New Mexico and Utah um, landscape photography tour with Johan that time. And of course, all of those we bolted onto things like marketing and presentations and public speaking and meeting with clients. So anyway, the I was busy looking at my presentation for Chicago now on the 4th of December. And the idea there is to kind of look back from COVID, what's changed for me, what's changed photographically, what's happened and how my own creative process has changed. And uh, Svalbard changes for me way back in that I started looking at the bigger picture. I started looking at not just putting a wildlife subject in every frame. Svalbard's amazing. It's beautiful. It's overwhelming. It's raw. It's harsh. It's stunning. But then I got to Iceland and the, the way you compose change, you have to change, right? I then last year in April, just before I went to Svalbard, I got some... Um, I got some filters and such for landscape photography, all prepping for my Iceland tours that I host. In order for me to better bring value to the clients, I went to a place called Hog's Back in South Africa. And it's stunning. It's very There's a lot of Lord of the Rings kind of influence there. And all these little houses, forests, waterfalls and stuff. So I spent quite a bit of time on my own, just me, nobody else, photographing these waterfalls. And this is a discussion... I will get to it in some stage. I wanted to do a blog on that still. But the idea of how your emotions and your feelings and your mental health links to the photography that you do. So for me, at the time, obviously COVID was challenging. There was a bunch of personal stuff in the family that we had to manage. And going out on my own at like 6.30 in the morning, waiting for the sun to rise, setting up my landscape gear, pointing at these um, waterfalls, and then taking an image, which in some instances I went as long as 30 seconds on a waterfall, suddenly you're in this slice of time where nothing else matters. You're waiting for this thing to finish, and it's just you and time. It's beautiful. It's, it's a zone moment. It's like zen, if you will. And I've really gotten into landscape photography from that point of view. I love the time, the slowing down of everything, the time for yourself, kind of just immersing yourself. Because when the camera's doing its thing, you're standing in this most amazing places, just you. It's awesome, right? But let's get creative on this. Because a lot of wildlife photographers, 
And if you look at Instagram now, it's boring as fuck. It really is. I, I went on a couple of days ago. Again, a client asked me to go and check something, so I went on there. There is nothing new and fresh. And from a, from a wildlife photography point of view, unfortunately, the algorithm feeds us these things, and people post these things specifically because they know that that's what people like. But a lot of wildlife photographers are lazy in the way they compose. They put the biggest lens they can on, they slap bang, do a full portrait, and that's it, done. There is no compositional strength there. Yes, you need to be able to tweak your composition a little bit here, a little bit there, put the eyes higher or lower in the frame, cut more off the top or the bottom, whatever. But from a pure composition point of view, the bigger your lens, the more you fill the frame with your subject, the less you have to com com compose. Now, jump to the other side of the scale. If you do landscape photography, it's not a singular thing that carries the image. It's everything. It's layers. It's depth. It's these different transition zones visually throughout the image. How the blacks from the back transitions forward. How the river and the textures transition through the frame. The layers of different compositional elements. The leading lines. These things mean something in landscape photography. And here's the thing. I have seen this now with quite a few of the people who I work with at Wild Eye and guests that have traveled with me. Take a wildlife photographer, make them go into landscape photography and with an open mind, because a lot of people don't want to change because they don't think they're good at it, so they don't want to go into it, right? But take them over and let them shoot landscape photography for a while. Something like Iceland, Svalbard, even in Africa, there's some amazing places. Let them focus on composition, the narrative in the frame, the layers, the transition zones, because often your layers and your transition zones in a, in a landscape image is the same things that you would use as starting points when you process the image, when you're doing masks and layers and brushes and stuff, right? So you learn those new skills in landscape photography. Then you take those skills back to wildlife photography. And I will put a lot of money on the fact that you will be a better wildlife photographer once you've dabbled with, in a very serious manner, landscape photography. The compositional strength is way bigger. The things you have to consider is way more. Bring those back. So I think for a wildlife photographer to go into landscape photography and focus on that and then come back to wildlife, and then you can do both, but you have to expose yourself to that new way of thinking, the new way of composing, the new way of seeing. And then suddenly you'll find yourself, when you're looking through your frame, even when it's a full frame portrait, you will look at that differently and consider more seriously the transition zones, the layers, and so on and so forth. For a landscape photographer to jump into, and I've heard some of them say, this is not me, some wild, um, landscape photographers, when they go into landscape, in, into wildlife photography, it almost seems boring to them because it's, it's very one-dimensional. There's a lot of people, wildlife photographers, who need to start, and if, if this is you, this is meant as constructive, you need to start realizing that if you are going to create wildlife images that hinge just on the subject, and there are instances, there's always the exception to the rule, but if it's just the lion, it's a little bit one-dimensional. If it's just the elephant on its back legs in monopool standing up, that's sharp and in focus and in a good position, but everything else sucks, it's one-dimensional. That's where I believe, and I, I know this because I'm thinking of my own work. I have gone to landscape photography. I really dig it. I'm going to be doubling down on it. Hence, all these new trips that I'm looking at to, to put together from a landscape photography point of view. And then bring it back to wildlife. You think about the images differently. Your visual language is stronger. Your photographic voice speaks louder. Your photographic eye sees more things. So 
if we, I suppose you can group this as nature photography, which is made up out of landscape photography and wildlife photography, right? You can, you can bulk those together. But if you're a wildlife photographer who's never done anything else, I would highly, highly recommend that you dabble with, wild, with landscape. Go and try it out. Your portfolio will thank you for it. And I say that often these days because a lot of people, if you just shoot the one way and the one type of thing, you're going to have a very flat, one-dimensional portfolio, right? So landscape photography for me has opened up my eyes mentally, emotionally, and compositionally with regards to photography. Now, just on that, to, to leave you with this, I, one of my coaching clients, um, she's coming out to Africa and she's going to photograph and if we look at something like emotions, you can take anxiety, frustration, excited, frustrated, whatever, right? If you could use those as themes for your photography, like if you're sitting with a herd of elephants and you're looking, for example, for anxiety as a visual theme, you must understand that that's a good thing, that you can now create on the back of things that you're feeling. That is where I believe a lot of photographers who are creating amazing work, they're doing that, but I think often without even thinking like that. I really believe this. I've often on workshops in the past, and I'm going way back here, I would say to people, okay, cool, we're going to go out, and your theme's going to be family, or your theme is going to be motherly love or protection, things like that. And that's cool. It, it makes you think differently. But for someone, if, you, if you're managing emotions, and you want to try and photograph those things, and I'm going to be digging a lot into this both on, on the blog and on, on the podcast as well. I think there's a lot to be said for picking emotions that you feel often and try and photograph it. Obviously, landscape might be difficult, but still, there you can go really deep and look at shadows as the dark side, for example, of anxiety and things like that. Whereas with wildlife, you can look at the anthropomorphizing the animal and then going from there. Both ways, I think it's a great way to express emotions and to deal with it. But that's a discussion for another time. Short version, if you're a wildlife photographer, go and do landscape photography in a serious manner. You will learn from it. Your images will be better for it. Your composition will be better. And when you go back to, land to wildlife photography, you'll be better. I believe that 100%. If you have any questions, comments, or you want to share your own experience, I'd love to hear from you. My email, jerry, G-E-R-R-Y, at wildeye.co.za. Wildeye, two words with a hyphen in between, .co.za. And um, I look forward to hearing from you. Have a great day, guys, wherever in the world you are. Good morning, good evening, and good night. I'll chat to you in the next episode. My name is Jerry. I'm from Wild Eye. Have a good one.